0: Hey guys, welcome to the Five State Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Mann, and I record this podcast to invest in the move of God happening in our five-state region of South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska. And in this episode today, I'm going to continue the End Times for Beginners series. And I'm in this session, I'm going to focus in particular on the physical return of Jesus to the earth, and even more specifically, on uh, the, what is commonly referred to as the Battle of Armageddon, where Jesus and the armies of heaven, when He returns to the earth, He marches through the Valley of Megiddo, slaughtering the Antichrist armies, and this is a a very important part of the biblical storyline of the end times. And I really encourage you to read these Bible passages for yourself. I always, you know, want people not just to take my word for it because I say it and not just to automatically, um, not believe my word because they think something else like base all of your conclusions by reading your, the Bible for yourself and seeing if this, these, this is what it really says. So read Isaiah 63, one through seven, read revelation 19, 11 through 21. is are two of the passages that talk about this, uh, part of the, the end time storyline, uh, where Jesus in, is, uh, at the battle of Armageddon. I also want to encourage you to check out, if you're interested in watching uh, the video version of this recording, you can go to uh, the Five State Revival YouTube channel and just go to the End Times for Beginners playlist and you can watch it there. So we'll get straight into it right after this word from our sponsors. hey guys welcome to session 21 of the end times for beginners course and this is a series of short videos uh, designed to give you a basic introduction and understanding of what the bible actually teaches concerning the end times the return of jesus and the events that will happen on earth uh, thereafter and so we're gonna i'm gonna continue talking about what i've been talking uh, the return of jesus the actual physical return Of Jesus to the earth and in this session I want to focus in on uh, what is commonly referred to as the battle at Armageddon and of course this is where Jesus in his physical return to the earth he comes with the armies of heaven the angels and the saints and he marches through the valley of Megiddo uh, which is in Israel. It's located in Israel. I've been there before. It's a, it's a large, huge valley. It goes on for miles and miles and miles. And the Antichrist armies will be encamped there, uh, invading and oppressing and killing and stealing and, uh, from, from the Jewish people. And the battle, Jesus will march through with the armies of heaven when he returns, and he will personally slaughter the Antichrist armies and uh, liberating, uh, removing the rebellion from the earth and and liberating the Jewish people from the tyranny of the, the, the oppression of uh, the Antichrist and his armies, which at that time will have uh, invaded Israel and besieged uh, Jerusalem so I want you to remember that the return of Jesus, it's not just this momentary uh, event that happens in the blink of an eye. It's actually a royal procession. It's like this vast army and he comes back and it's not just like this spiritual vision. It's physical. He returns to the earth. And uh, he, it's it it's happens over a 30 day period, the return of Jesus, and it com- comprises many dramatic events. So Jesus, first of all, he, the armies of heaven they come out of heaven, and they go across the the earth in the sky, traveling across the earth. And the Bible says every eye will see him. Those of us who are followers of Jesus will be when we see him, will be caught up to meet him and join the procession uh, in the air. And on the way up, we'll get our new immortal, resurrected bodies, and we will. Uh, and then he will land, and he will march across Edom, which is modern day Jordan, and he will march across uh, uh, Edom, liberating the Jewish uh, captives. Uh, rescuing the jewish people and slaughtering his uh the antichrist armies and then finally he will on his way he will march through the valley of megiddo slaughtering the antichrist armies up to the very gates of the city of jerusalem where the jewish people the remnant of surviving jewish people will physically see him they will look upon the one that they have pierced and the spirit of god will come upon them bringing conviction and they will mourn over him and their sin and their rejection of him and the bible says that at that time all of israel will be saved And they, the leaders of Israel will welcome Jesus to be their king. And he will enter the city of Jerusalem. He will sit on David's throne as the king over Israel. And he will begin to rule all the nations on earth from that position of authority. That's the biblical storyline. So let's talk today. Let's zero in and look at what the Bible says concerning this battle of Armageddon. And I want to start by reading in Isaiah chapter 63. uh, um, It's a prophetic word from Isaiah concerning this very time when Jesus will return and slaughter the Antichrist armies in Armageddon. And And it says this, Who is this who comes from Edom? Again, that's modern day Jordan. From the city of Basra, With his clothing stained red, who is this in royal robes? Marching in his great strength. And again, his clothing is stained red with the blood. It's literally, he will have the blood of his enemies, the soldiers of the Antichrist armies. He will slaughter them with the sword that comes from his mouth, and their blood will actually splatter on his garments where, and that, that's what Isaiah is seeing. That's why his clothing is stained red with the blood of his enemies. And then he says, it is I, the Lord. So Isaiah says, who is this? Because he sees this vision of Jesus coming with his clothing stained red. He's coming from Jordan. He's marching in great strength, leading the armies of heaven. And then it says, the Lord says, it is I, the Lord, announcing your salvation. He's speaking to Israel. It is I, the Lord, who has the power to save why are your clothes so red as if you have been treading out grapes? So, you know, uh, Iza- uh, God answers Isaiah says, it's me. And then Isaiah asks him another question. He says, why are your clothes so red? I see you in this vision. Why are your clothes so red as if you've been treading out grapes? And then God answers him again. I have been treading the wine press alone. No one was there to help me in my anger. I have trampled my enemies as if they were grapes in my fury. I I have trampled my foes, their blood has stained my clothes. So there you see it right there, what I was talking about earlier for the time has come for me to avenge my people, to ransom them from their oppressors. So we see what's happening right there is the Antichrist army is attacking Israel and killing them and taking them captive and raping the women and taking their houses and just awful things are happening. They're oppressing them. And then God says, I'm going to step in and save my people. Now this salvation of Israel First, when Jesus returns, it's a physical salvation. God, he physically saves them from death at the hands of the Antichrist armies, the surviving remnant of Israel. And then, of course, we see later that this physical salvation next, it leads to a spiritual spiritual salvation. When they look on the one they have pierced and they mourn and all Israel gets saved. But he says, I've come to ransom you, to ransom them from their oppressors. I was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. So I myself stepped in to save them with my strong arm and my wrath sustained me. I crushed the nations in my anger and made them stagger and fall to the ground, spilling their blood upon the earth. Now I want you to listen to verse 7. this is isaiah's response you know isaiah has this vision he sees the jesus in red and a lot of times you know like uh in the west you know we preach the, the the parts of scripture that show you know the the kindness of Jesus, the merciful Jesus, the uh, the Savior Jesus, the, the the loving Father, and all these things are true, and they need to be preached and celebrated. They're essential uh, to understand this aspect of His nature. But but there's but a lot of times we don't preach the many many scriptures in the Bible that talk about the Jesus who is a righteous Judge who will one day dispense His wrath upon His enemies not uh not because he's an evil man because he's a good man he's a righteous man he's a loving man and the antichrist armies they're doing horrible things the wicked people it's not just the antichrist armies it's wicked people on the earth doing awful things to other people and there's a day coming where Jesus says you know what they're not going to stop i'm save as many as possible to get them to repent so i could forgive them and deliver them of their sin but they're not going to stop doing evil things and they're not going to stop uh, oppressing and doing awful things to other people. So I will stop them by force. And the day is coming. Jesus is going to come and he's going to do that. And a lot of times people, uh, even in the body of Christ who actually love Jesus, uh, they become offended at these passages of scripture and often ignore them altogether. But we need to have a biblical understanding, a holistic biblical picture of who jesus really is and the holistic picture is he is because he is loving and because he is good he executes judgment and dispenses wrath upon his enemies he will dispense his wrath upon his enemies of course we know that jesus before he ever dispensed his comes again and dispenses his wrath upon his enemies he first came and died upon the cross and bore the wrath of god for his enemies in their place while we were still sinners christ died for us so he he gives us the opportunity to repent but There are going to be people, the Bible says, that will not repent. They will harden their hearts. And Jesus says, okay, well, they're going to have to bear the wrath of God then for their own selves. And Jesus will come and do it to rescue the Jewish people, to vindicate his people, to remove the rebellion from the earth. And I want you to see the prophet Isaiah's response. When he sees Jesus, this vivid vision of Jesus dispensing his wrath upon the ungodly, he doesn't get offended. This is what he says. I will tell of the Lord's unfailing love. How about that? I mean, that is Isaiah's response to seeing Jesus manifesting his wrath to liberate Israel who's being oppressed by her enemies. He sees the wrath of God being expressed against the enemies of Israel. And he says, God, you are loving God. He says, I tell, I will tell of your unfailing love forever. This is the biblical response to the righteous judgments of Jesus. I will praise the Lord for all he has done. I will rejoice in his, listen to this, great goodness to Israel. Which he has granted according to his mercy and love. So we see right here, like there is no contradiction between the goodness and the mercy and the love of God and the justice and the judgments and the wrath of God. Like they, they are God's judgments and his, ex- executing his wrath upon his enemies, it is his love and goodness being expressed and manifest. And that's what Isaiah sees that clearly. So he actually begins to worship God for his love and mercy when he sees the judgments of Jesus. So I want to get another view of this battle of Armageddon, and let's get it from Revelation chapter 19. Um, I'm going to start reading in verse 11. And I encourage you to take some time to read these passages in your own Bible with a pen. You know, highlight the stuff like that stands out to you. Underline stuff. Make your own notes. Like talk to God about the things you're reading in the Scripture there, and uh, let Him teach you these passages for yourself. So then, uh, in. Uh, 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 the apostle John saw a vision of the same exact event that Isaiah was seeing and he writes about it in his own words. And John says this, Then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True. This is Jesus he's seeing. Listen to this. For he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. So this is not an unrighteous war. This is a righteous, just war fair war what god is about to do which is violent what jesus is about to do it's righteous and it's fair then he goes on in verse 12 he says his eyes were like flames of fire and on his head were many crowns i mean jesus is so beautiful um he's so beautiful man i'm telling you like i want to be a man a worshipper of jesus who looks at him and says, you know what? You're all together lovely. It's not that I love this part of you and this part of you and this part of you. I think that's lovely. But the judgments and the wrath of God, I'm just not even going to look at that part of you. It's like, no, that's not a, That's not mature worship. Mature worship is to look at the to- the holistic picture of that the Bible gives us of who God is and who Jesus is and what he's like. And to worship him, to humble ourselves at the revelation of God revealed in scripture and worship him in spirit and truth according to who he really is. And we say, God, you are altogether lovely. Like every aspect of you is lovely. Your holiness, your justice, your your wrath, your mercy, your kindness, your love, your patience, your fathering. Like it's all beautiful and it's all lovely. His eyes were flames of fire. On his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. Here it is again. Listen to this. This sounds familiar. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title was the word of God. The armies of heaven, dressed in the finest of pure white linen, followed him on white horses. And from his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nation's. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. Again, you know, Isaiah talked about, why are your garments red like you've been trampling the grapes because they're splattered with the blood of your enemies? And John is seeing the exact same thing, describing it in his own words, even though he uses almost identical phrases to what Isaiah described in Isaiah 63. I want to just talk about it It says like he will release the fierce wrath of god the almighty like juice flowing from a wine press if you read revelation 14 verse 20 uh there's it kind of talks about this and it talks about as he slaughters the antichrist armies like there will be a a 180 mile long river of blood that will be flowing can you imagine you can read that and I should have looked up the scripture and read it to you, but I'll just let you look it up. Revelation 14, 20, it talks about this, this his the blood of his enemies, because you got to remember the Antichrist army, there's like, they're, they're like the their number of soldiers is like the sand on the seashore. There's so many of them. I'm guessing millions and millions and millions, maybe hundreds of millions of, of troops occupying the land. And Jesus kills them all in a short period of time. Remember, the seven bowls of wrath are being dispensed as well on the Antichrist armies at the same time. So there's this hundred-pound hailstones. There's the uh, uh, falling. So I imagine there's rain mixed in with that and the blood of millions of soldiers being slaughtered on the ground, plus the intense rain that's coming. I imagine the flooding and it's like a the river of their blood. It, it says that it flows for 180 miles long. And the river of blood is so deep, it's like up to a horse's bridle is what it's described in Revelation chapter 14. So this is an intense slaughter that's happening. And just in case you don't believe me, let me just read verse uh, 16 and 17 to you. It says, On his robe... At his thigh was written this title. I love this. King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Jesus, I praise and worship you. You are the king of all the kings. And you are the Lord over all the lords. Amen. In verse 17, it says, Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, shouting to the vultures flying high in the sky. Come. Come. Gather together for the great banquet of that God has prepared. Come and eat the flesh of kings, generals, and strong warriors, of horses and their riders, and of all humanity, both free and slave, small and great. So what's happening here is you got millions of dead bodies. Their blood, like a 180-mile-long river of their blood. Jesus' garments are splattered and uh, stained red by their own blood. But you got all these corpses you got all these corpses on the ground. How do you clean up? (laughs) How do you clean up the mess from millions of dead bodies in a valley? How do you get rid of them? God summons the vultures and the birds of prey. And he says, come for the great supper of God and feast on the flesh of these dead antichrist warriors. And um, literally, the birds of prey will come and eat their flesh. And... um, Anyway it's an it's an interesting thing. I may get into it in another video, but even in his in the book of Ezekiel it not only describes how their flesh is eaten but their bones are still left right after the the birds of prey and everything eat up all the the muscles and the flesh and everything like that, the bones are still left. What do you do with all the bones in this valley? God even has a plan that he describes to get rid of and clean up all the bones so the valley is completely cleansed from the mess. And you can read about it. It's in, uh, in the book of Ezekiel. But I, I think that's so interesting that God even describes the cleanup plan from the battle of Armageddon. And then it says in verse 19, then I saw the beast and the kings of the world and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. So the antichrist and the his his 10 nation confederation and uh, who have united together and who knows there may there there may be other nations that have jumped in too. Uh, at this point, we know there's at least a ten-nation confederation, and they're gathered together in the Valley of Megiddo, literally to war against Jesus. Of course, it's a losing effort because it says in verse 20, the beast, it's the Antichrist, was captured, and with him the false prophet who did mighty miracles on the behalf of the beast, miracles that deceived all who had accepted the mark of the beast and who worshiped his statue. Both the beast, the Antichrist, and his false prophet I love this, were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, that's hell. Their entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came from the mouth of the one riding the white horse, and the vultures all gorged themselves on the dead bodies. And so, guys, there's there's many, many more passages that describe the Battle of Armageddon using almost identical language, sometimes giving a little bit more detail or a little less detail, but those are two of the main ones. And this is a major component. This is one of the major events that happens during that thirty-day period of Jesus' physical return to the earth. First, he 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 goes across the across the earth and the sky on a cloud, riding on a cloud and blazing fire at the armies of heaven. And the saints are caught up to meet him in the air. Every eye sees him, but he does touch down. He lands, and he uh, and he in Jordan. He marches through Jordan through the valley of megiddo slaughtering the antichrist armies to liberate the jewish people to bring an end to crush the rebellion on the earth the good news is is right after this he goes on and even satan and all the demons are rounded up by god and the angels and and satan is bound and he's put into a bottomless pit and then jesus takes his place on the throne of israel and begins ruling the nations and establishing his kingdom righteousness and peace and justice throughout the whole earth will be filled with his glory and the saints who follow Jesus in this age will be with him and work with him together as like a family uh, excited as we work in partnership with him to restore rebuild cities and infrastructures and restore the earth and it's going to be a glorious time of victory for the Lord and for his people so I hope that was helpful to you um, I encourage you to uh, please like this video if you enjoyed it. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, and then please share this video with other people. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people who are hungry to know the truth about what is actually gonna happen with, in the end times and with the return of Jesus. And there's a ton of misinformation out there. There's, there's a ton of stuff out there, like, cause people know something's going on and they're like, they're talking about this end times theories and a lot of them are just like, they're not what the bible says and it's so important god is raising up people who who don't get caught up in the you know the the conspiracy conspiracy theory kind of like the narrative of the world kind of stuff but they're in the word and they get their information from the Bible and they're teaching people the truth from the Bible about what it says concerning the end times so that th- that people are equipped with truth and they know how to stand and how to have wisdom to how to orchestrate their lives so that they can participate in all the awesome things that God is doing uh, leading up to the return of Jesus and then following the return of Jesus. So- Thank you for listening to this episode of the Five State Revival podcast. As always, you know I'd love to hear any questions or feedback you have uh, related to this episode. You can email me at fivestaterevival@gmail.com. at gmail.com. So it's the number five state Revival at gmail.com. I look forward to connecting with you again on the next episode. God bless you.